Welcome to episode 64 of the Wolfpack Podcast. My name is Tyler Wolf. I'm just a fellow from Wisconsin sharing a podcast with my friends. Hey, I appreciate you listening. Uh, I'm really excited about today's episode. Uh, I have this really interesting guy who I interviewed today. His name is Dan LaPaz. Uh, I met him uh, about six months ago now, uh, and he is the owner of Open Guard Gym. It's a jiu-jitsu gym here in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. And so we talk all about the gym and all about jiu-jitsu. And it took forever to get him on the show because he's very busy and I'm very busy. But here's what I like about the busyness is I feel very busy with meaningful things. And when I'm busy with meaningful things, it uh, doesn't feel like that irritating busyness with just stuff riding on your shoulders. So I don't wear my busyness like a badge of honor because I'm busy with meaningful things. And it's good. I had a thought the other day and I just, it just struck me. This certainly isn't unique to me, I'm sure. It just struck me. I was like, if I had four weeks to live, what would I value most? If the doctors just said, Tyler, you know, you spent years jamming needles in your arm and uh, you survived that but we're sorry to say that uh, you now have you know four weeks to live I would be, I would think to myself what would I val- what would I value the most and uh, obviously I think we would whittle away a lot of the the crap that we focus on or that I focus on. And uh, that just gave me kind of some fresh perspective, a little moment of clarity that I had while driving my uh, vehicle around Oconomowoc. And so I just closed my eyes and thought about it for a couple blocks. Um, <laughs> Richard Rohr says that we should observe how we observe because how we see is what we see. There is an event coming up in August in Milwaukee. It's called Showtime Fighting Championship. It's their first card. This is a pro MMA card, pro MMA promotion with an amateur undercard. We talk a little bit about it on the interview today uh, as a few friends from the gym are going to be fighting. But um, I want to tell you about it because I think we should all go. If you hear my voice, Let's all buy tickets. Let's go watch these fights in Milwaukee. It's going to be August 14th. It started by Anthony Pettis, who is fought in the UFC forever. He just got out of the UFC, and now he fights for, I think it's called Professional Fighters League. He fights coming up on April 23rd, I want to say. Uh, and that's going to be awesome. So Showtime Fighting Championship. Uh, it's going to be good, so let's go. Now let's get to the interview. Um I loved getting down, sit, getting to sit down with somebody and talk about uh, this gym that uh, actually has come to mean a lot to me um, over the last six months. Uh, it's an activity I never saw myself doing, uh, but now I wish I had started long ago. And one of the things that I love about jujitsu is it seems to engage a natural part of us that has collected dust. It seems to like engage, it gets to, it lets you work out your inner fighter, your inner protector, uh, your inner warrior, so to speak. And we don't really have a reason on a day-to-day basis to keep that part of us sharp, which in reality is probably a really good thing, right? Like I'm thankful that I don't have to fight for my life. I'm thankful that I don't have to fight. To protect my family. But the result of, of that is a really natural and primitive part of me becomes a little bit dull. And jujitsu has a way of shaking the dust that has collected on that part of me. Uh, and so that's, I don't know, I'm, I'm probably better at philosophizing about jujitsu than I am at actually doing jujitsu. Um, but I'll just keep on, I'll just keep on going back. So like I said, our, our uh, guest today, his name is Dan LaPaz. He's the owner of Open Guard Jiu-Jitsu. And two things that I just want to say about the gym. Uh, number one, they do an incredible job with guests. And so I'm not here to give a commercial. I'm not here to sell anything. 
I just want to share things that I love. Uh, that's, you know, as if you listen to the show, that's what you know this show is about. It's about just sharing resources. Here's a movie I love. Check it out. Here's a podcast I listen to. Check it out. Um, but if I do want to say that if you listen to this interview and you say you want to go check out Open Guard Gym, but you're just like, what? It's just hard to show up and be brand new at something. Open Guard does a great job with first time guests. So suck it up, buttercup, and get to the gym. It's a good time. Uh, the second thing I want to point out is that this gym is like immaculately clean. From the bathrooms, to the mats, to the locker rooms, just to the hallways. I mean, this place is like you could eat off the floor. Well, maybe. Okay, I don't know if you're even allowed to eat off the floor. My point is, is that it's a... In fact, now that I think of it, you're definitely not allowed to eat off the floor at the gym. But it is incredibly clean, uh, and that's something I appreciate. Uh, So, without further ado, please... Listen to my interview with the very funny, the very interesting, uh, and, and man, I know I just keep going, but seriously, the, the story of this gym, which we get into, uh, is pretty touching. It's pretty profound. I think there's a lot to pull out and apply. So please enjoy my interview with the mighty Dan LaPaz. Recording. Are you good? You ready? I'm good. Sweet. Welcome to the show, Dan. <laughs> Thanks, Tyler. Out Appreciate in the wild. <laughs> I realized. So you own Open Guard Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, Open Guard Gym, mm-hmm. and I realized I had I've never seen you outside of the gym. And I was like, I wonder what he's like. I wonder if he just wears like a suit and tie outside of the gym or what. <laughs> no, only to funerals and weddings. That's all I wear. You know what? I got married in a suit, and now I only wear that suit for yeah. funerals and weddings. Yeah. Honestly, um, I'm kind of a creature of habit. I wear the same stuff. Yeah. I eat almost the same foods at the same places. Um, I drill the same way in jujitsu. Just yeah. everything is very probably boring to most people. But for me, um, I'm just more comfortable doing that. Yeah. Um, there's an old uh, saying or, or someone mentioned it to me a long time ago that Einstein um, used to wear the same suit. He'd have multiple suits, but they're all the same color. And he said just so much attention is brought every day deciding what you're going to wear. Yeah. So I just try to eliminate a lot of those options. You know, um, I'm sure it's not very flattering when I go out with my wife and I have the same hat on and the same sweatshirt, but it's something <laughs> I'm comfortable in. I've heard you say something along the lot. You, I think you were obviously joking. But you said, uh, the reason I opened up a gym was so that I could wear sweatpants every day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's some truth to that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I just thought uh, years back, it would have been kind of cool to be a phi ed teacher. Yeah. I thought uh, you're around athletics all the time, which I just love. Uh, you're working out. You wear sweats. You got a whistle. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you can blow once in a while. And you had summers off and you could do coaching and things like that. So I was always fascinated with just kind of that casual environment. Yeah. Um, even though I didn't do that for 20 some years, I was in management. So you had to dress up all yeah. the time. But that would have been my preference. Yeah. No, I hear you, man. In fact, you know, I work where I work, it's such a casual environment. And my schedule is crazy sometimes, but I wouldn't trade the flexibility and really to touch back with what you're saying like i can just i typically can wear pretty much whatever i want i love it yep yeah i just get uncomfortable wearing certain clothes but this is uh okay so this podcast is about sharing resources Mm -hmm. and this is going to be a little bit of a different episode because the i guess the resource for this episode is your business is the gym that you own Mm -hmm. i want to talk all about it and if you talk to any of my friends if you watch my friends' faces when I talk to them, jujitsu is going to come up and then their <laughs> eyes are going to roll because I talk about this all the time. I started about six months ago sure. and I'm like obsessed with it and I want to tell everyone about it because it's just this incredible experience. But before we get into the gym, I want to ask you a question so people can, because I know you pretty well now, Sure. but uh, so people know who we're talking to, a few easy questions. What was a time when you were a kid that you got in huge trouble? And if you if the cops didn't find out and you're worried about that coming back to bite, don't share that story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
No, unfortunately, there there's a lot of stories that come to mind <laughs> that I'm not necessarily proud of. Um, you know, growing up in the country, you know, I had a little bit of uh, free reign when we were younger. Uh, prior to my parents divorcing, then then we moved into Waukesha. Actually, where we're at right now uh, for for years. I lived in Waukesha and graduated from Waukesha North. But uh, when we were kids, sometimes we would. Uh, we, we call it, it was corn cobbing cars, and as they would go by, you're hiding in the you know the farmer's field, and you'd throw corn cobs at cars. And most of the time, it wasn't too threatening. You know, the cars uh, sometimes would stop, sometimes they wouldn't. But one time, we hit a squad car going by, <laughs> and it just happened to be a uh, an officer I think that just got out of the Marine Corps. That yeah. guy could run. Oh yeah. And my buddy who I was with, unfortunately, was a little bit bigger than me. Um, we'll say that, you know, as kind of an understatement, he, yeah. he, he was overweight. Yeah. Um, so I could run faster than him. That's really and, all that matters in those yeah, situations. Yeah, that's all that matters. <laughs> I, I could hear him get tackled and then there was some groaning and some crying, but I just kept running. Yeah. Um, but I tell you what, I paid the piper the next day. When you wake up after having all those slashes on your arms and legs and face from running through a cornfield, oh, yeah. it burned really bad. So yeah, what goes around, comes around. Yep. <laughs> so that was a little activity we'd do once in a while, I guess. Corn cobbing. I feel like Corn number cabin. one, uh, destruction of property, not cool. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Especially about a cop car. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's another level. <laughs> that I feel like that's also in the family of like cow tipping. It is kind of like cow tipping. We wouldn't do much of that. Um, but yes, I know some people that would actually try to attempt that as well. Um, so you said you moved into Waukesha. We did. Before that. Where'd you come from? Where are you from originally? Dousman. Dousman, so yep. you're Wisconsin, born Wisconsin, and yep. Okay. As crazy as that sounds, especially right now with the weather, yeah. 53 years I've lived in Wisconsin. Yep. Listen, I'm, I mean, at this point, it's February. I'm. This is usually the time of year that I'm ready for it to warm up. But mm. leading up to this point, I like it, man. Like the variety and mm. weather, the mm. snow, like you get, I don't know, I like the cold. It makes you feel tough, Sure. you know? <laughs> especially, you know, I like to run, and when you get from yeah. point A to point B, on your own two feet, and it's freezing cold. Some people are like crying on their way to their car, but you just ran five miles. It just makes you feel good. Yeah, I would guess, you know, the cold weather is very similar to the story I just told. You know, fear or cold, it makes you run a little bit faster. (laughs) So, you know, the cold weather, I I guess I would run a little faster too. So tell me about your family. Sure. Uh, You know, we were born and raised in Dousman, as I mentioned. Um, My dad actually was... uh, cop for Waukesha County. Was he really? Years, yep. Uh, retired from there. Uh, geez, I'm not quite sure what year. He has passed, you know, for about three or four years now. Oh, okay. But yep. Uh, so he was an officer growing up. Um, parents, uh, you know, I was just a country kid. I love sports a lot. Played a lot of baseball and basketball. Um, it's a small community, you know, of course, Dousman. Um the, the big highlight was once a year, Dousman Derby Days, where you do the frog jumps and That's stuff. still a thing, isn't it? It still is a thing, yes. Um, and then uh, once my parents divorced, we moved into Waukesha. I lived there a good portion of my middle school and high school life. Yeah. Uh, graduated from Waukesha North. Uh, eventually met my wife, Lori. Yeah, she's in awesome. In Waukesha, yep. A brown belt. A brown belt now, yep. yep. Brown belt. Uh, Lori was really reluctant to even start jujitsu. Um, she started doing actually cardio classes. I talked her into doing cardio classes. At the time, myself and my two boys, they were nine and 10, were doing jujitsu. And she came in, did a couple cardio classes, was talked into doing a couple kickboxing classes for kind of the cardio aspect. And then eventually uh, was persuaded into doing uh, jujitsu. Yeah. And in years now have gone by and look at her she's a brown belt running a women's only program yeah. uh, doing some seminars once in a while it's just a huge advocate for jujitsu and especially for women yeah so, really yeah proud she of her. does an awesome job and we can talk i want to get into later like the logistic or the specifics behind what is offered at open guard sure but um and then yeah, in a second, I want to talk about the story of Open Guard because I I mm. love the story and I want that's why I wanted to have you on. Sure. But so you mentioned Ben and Sam. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your boys. So we got a, a blue belt. Yep, ben. four stripe blue belt. Four stripe blue yep. belt. So he's on his way. Yep, moving up. And then uh, Sam. Yes. Purple belt. I yes. met him in my like tour. Yes, you did. Coming to the yes. gym. Good guy. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so what, tell me about your boys. Sure. Uh, as I mentioned, they started when they were nine and 10 years old. Um, at the time, uh, the academy we went to, which was Waukesha Mixed Martial Arts, was a small academy just starting up. Wasn't many kids, so sometimes they were training in the adult program. Yeah. Uh, ben is the older of the two, and we would go to a lot of tournaments. You know, there was, the tournaments were so small. You yeah. Know, it'd just be great to get four or five kids that could uh, compete against each other. And Ben and Sam always had to compete against each other at these tournaments just because of the size yeah. of the venue. But um, they were, I think, enamored by just the physical aspect of of doing jujitsu. Were you guys a UFC household? Well, it started out that way. Um, you know, I saw the first UFC, and that's what kind of fascinated me by it. And yeah. that's that's what kind of started it is I – was getting in my later 30s, and you know, I would play, you know, like recreational basketball and things like that, and um, wanted to do something a little bit different that was still active instead of just going and running on a treadmill and yeah. stuff like that. So this is before you ever walked into Waukesha MMA. Yep. Exactly. So you're just a just a dude. You like sports, yep. and then you see UFC. Yep. So I called around, uh, the, the place was called Phoenix Martial Arts. Reese had just opened it up. So he's a gym owner. He's a gym owner. Okay. Uh, with Pat Riley and his brother, which were also the owners of Phoenix at the time. And then eventually they changed the name to Waukesha Mixed Martial Arts. And it was a small little place actually on the south side of Waukesha, right next door to the Chinese restaurant that's over by Dairy Queen off of The 59. Golden Gate. Golden Strip Gate. Strip mall, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. Small little spot. You know, matted area. Um, I went in there the first day, uh, did my private lesson with Reese, and loved it. I yeah. couldn't wait for my first class. I, I went in there. You know, I I didn't take my boys yet. I I just went in by myself, and the first class, um, one guy armbarred me four times in a row. The same <laughs> setup. Passed my guard. Went to mount. Yeah. Spinning armbar. Same arm. Everything. <laughs> it was. You know, I, I mentioned earlier how I, I'm kind of a creature of habit. This guy was too. He did yeah. the same darn move and submission on me. Um, I got spanked pretty good. Yeah. I loved it. I yeah. fell in love with it instantly. I thought this is exactly what I want to do. Uh, it was a great form of exercise. I recognized I had to be the nail before I'd be the hammer. Yeah. And I was for many, many years and still am at times. That's for sure. That's awesome, man. Yep. So how long, so then your boys eventually came with you, right? They did. So I convinced uh, Lori to let me take the boys. And as I mentioned, they started their journey at age 9 and 10. Now Ben is in his mid-20s. Sam is uh, 15 months behind him. Yeah. Both of them throughout their journey took about four years off. Ben now is married, um, has a child coming. He'll be a grandpa in oh, July, yeah. so I'm excited about that. Sammy took four years off. You know, he's doing different things with schooling, and uh, he's close to graduating as well. Four years total or four years in a row? Four years total. Uh, oh, okay. Right in a row, yes. Right. Oh, they just right stopped, stopped yep. training for a while. Stopped training, yep. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those things I never wanted to force upon them because you really have to love that art because of the amount of discipline and dedication and the humility and the physical and emotional struggles that you have doing jujitsu. Um, I never wanted to tell them, Hey, you need to get back. You need to do it. I I wanted to. So that, that wasn't even hard for you to not sort of like force, force it on them? Uh, I, it was hard that they weren't doing it, sure. but it wasn't hard because of their age. They had to make those decisions themselves. They were at the age now where um, they're they're grown men. They have to make those decisions, and in order to do it, you want to be consistent. Yeah, you know, you can't be a fair weather type jujitsu right. person. I guess it's better than nothing, but if you really want to make gains and and stay consistent, you have to be there regularly. Yeah. So. But when they, they both returned a, a couple years ago when we opened the academy and uh, have been training ever since. Um, yeah, I don't know if I broke some jujitsu etiquette by revealing their, their belt level or not. Not but at all. Not at the all. bottom line is that I've rolled with both of them mm-hmm. and they're just like made of Velcro. They just like <laughs> stick to you until you're about to go unconscious. Yep. Seriously, your family is just like an army of killers man <laughs> uh, i'm proud of them you know uh ben and sam has they, they've had some serious battles in competitions 
when they were younger, even of late. And the well, I guess what I'm really proud of for both of them is they don't quit and they don't make excuses. Yeah. And they recognize if they lose, it's on them. If they win, it's on them. But I think that's what I'm most proud of is that they've stuck it out. They keep grinding. They keep fighting because jujitsu is very similar to life. Yeah. You know, as um, Dan Gable once said, once you wrestle, everything in life is easy. In retrospect, that's kind of similar to jujitsu as well. You, there's a lot of uncomfortable times on the mat that um, help you kind of reflect on your own personal life. Yeah. And how you can, if you grind it out, you can get through it. Yeah, for so. sure. Yeah, that's so true, man. I was thinking through just uh, some of the things that translate. And I, jujitsu for me is like, it uh, It seems to expose things about, and I'll just speak for myself, but I got to believe this is pretty universal. It seems to expose things about yourself. It exposed uh, any need to be noticed. Like if you just like really want to be noticed by people or you want to be impressive, jujitsu is going to put a spotlight on that and it's going to choke that out of you. It's going to expose anger, exposes impatience as you try to like improve and move up or whatever. It exposes ego because, oh, dude, it's it's such a good way just to reveal issues. And I think it actually helps you know what you need to work on off off the mat, but it's revealed to you on the mat. Sure. It's such just an awesome, awesome thing. And maybe it's not for everybody, but I think it might be for more people than they realize. I think you just got to try it. I agree. It's amazing because you have such a diverse group of individuals that train together but really all hold kind of the same internal goals. They, they just want to be better people. They want to hopefully feel good about themselves. Yeah. You know, they, they want to be viewed a certain way. Yeah. Um, and jujitsu provides that for you. As you mentioned, you know, the mats don't lie. It doesn't matter how big, strong, or tough you really truly think you are. Yeah. Um, after grappling a couple minutes with somebody, it's revealed how big, tough, and strong you really are yeah. or are not. For sure. And... That's a good thing. I, I truly believe it's important when anyone starts that they do suffer through humility right away because then you can start building and truly, you know, find out your true character, kind of like you touched on. Um, you, you can't hide anything on the match. You really can't. Yeah. Um, and your true character is tested through adverse situations if it's on the mats or in life. And if you're always quick to anger on stuff, that's going to be revealed. Um, but the nice part about jujitsu, it really doesn't matter though, because that can be stifled really quick by somebody <laughs> that has better technique. It doesn't matter how angry you are, yeah. how explosive you want to be. Um, if a person's using good technique, it'll just keep you there for a period of time till you calm down. For sure. Well, for every, every time I do well against someone, there's 10 guys waiting on the other side of the mat waiting to do well against me. Sure. Like, oh, dude, I yep. get beat up. I get beat. I get the crap beat out of me at your gym, dude. It's crazy. Uh, but I love it. I yeah. love it. Pe people look at me when I got like, uh, you know, I got this bump on my face right here and I got this gash on my arm or whatever. They're like, what happened? I was like, exercise, man. Yep. And they're like, what kind of exercise do you do? <laughs> the best kind. That's good. Best kind. So Absolutely. before I want to, I got a few questions about Reese and about the, and about the origins of Open Guard. But real sure. quick, speaking of your, your boys. Mm hmm uh, Anthony Pettis, he's a Milwaukee-based MMA fighter, yes. opened a local uh, MMA what promotion. Is that he the word? He did, yep, called Showtime. Yeah. Showtime Fighting Championship, I think. Mm -hmm. And Sam is going to fight. He is. As well as a few other guys from the gym, right? Yes. Ryan yes. and maybe I think one other person's talking about yep. it. I'm not sure. Mike Mutter, yes. Okay. So here's the deal. I'm going to be there, man. I'm going to be <laughs> in the front row. I can't wait. So... People will be able to, and I think a lot of my listeners are going to be really interested in going to see local, mm -hmm. a local fighting promotion. Yes. But that's what, like August? August 14th, yes. Sweet, man. I'm guessing, uh, so these guys got work to do. I went. I actually went up to Ryan and to Sam the other day and I was like, hey, listen, as you guys know, I have no expertise to offer, <laughs> but if there's anything I can do to help. If you just need like, if you want, if you want to go for a run with me, or if you just need someone to choke, and they looked at me, they're like, "Man, everybody just keeps on offering to get choked," <laughs> and I was like, "I think it's because uh, it's inspiring mm -hmm. when someone steps out to do something great. People around them just want to be a part of it. 
I think everyone sees these two really normal guys, really approachable people, Sam and Ryan, doing something great, and they're just like, how can I help? How can I be a part of it? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's a special time, honestly, because so many people at Open Guard, we are a family, and we want everyone to have success, no matter what yeah. they're doing. Um, and we see that a lot in the tournaments. You know, we go to just local BJJ tournaments, and the outpouring of support for people to just come and watch and root them on is amazing. So same holds true with with these fights coming up, and we're not necessarily a fighter's gym by any means, but it's a couple um, items on the bucket list that Sammy wants to take care of and Mike. Uh, Ryan, you know, as is a pro fighter and wants to continue to do that. So you're right. There is a huge outpouring. People are willing to try to help in any regards, if it's buying tickets, if it's supporting the event, sponsorships, whatever the case may be, training with them, anything that will help. And I know that they appreciate that. And I think for them, it makes them feel even more comfortable knowing that a lot of people have their back and are rooting them on. And I think you want to do well because of that alone. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm real nervous, of course. You know, it's my own son. Yeah. Um, But it's something that he really wants to do. He's in good shape. He's been training hard. I think he's going to be ready. I think he's going to surprise some people. And uh, same with Mike and Ryan. So I'm I'm really happy for those guys. And it's going to be a great venue. I think, uh, you know, I'm just proud that they're actually, that they considered some of our students to be part of that venue. Yeah. And we want to go out there and show them that they didn't make a mistake by choosing these guys. So. Yeah. Well, I've seen them all. I've seen them all do jujitsu and it's scary. Mm-hmm. I feel like Sam's cage name could be Babe Ruth and people would be like, I wonder why. And then let them find out, yeah. which only jujitsu people <laughs> will understand that reference. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. So um, you go to Phoenix, uh, martial arts, turns into Waukesha MMA. Yes. Uh, your wife gets in there. Your boys are loving it. And uh, it just becomes a part of the La Paz family, right? Doing jujitsu. Yes. Do you guys were you teaching at that at that academy? No, I wasn't teaching. No. Okay, so um, I've heard the story, but mm. I think it's uh, I think it's uh, I know it's a hard story, but it's a pretty special story. If you ask me, the origin, the transition from that academy to your academy now. Mm. So just tell me about um, tell me about Reese and what what transpired to lead to Open Guard in Oconomowoc. Sure. Um, so we did. We started about 14 years ago at, at Waukesha Mixed Martial Arts. And um, it was a great family environment. I can tell when you talk about Reese. Mm-hmm. There's, you just have this affection for him and yeah. what he meant for your family. Even him traveling to tournaments to see your boys to yeah. see your boys roll and all that. It's just pretty awesome. Continue, sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah, it is. It, it's kind of emotional because he had a huge impact on our lives, of course. Um it's something that we did. If we weren't doing other activities as a family, we were doing jujitsu yeah. together at, at Waukesha. And the environment there was absolutely amazing. And it was because Reese would create that environment. Yeah, He was a gentle giant, uh, an individual that was the toughest guy I've ever met, um, physically and emotionally. But what was unique about him is he was very open about his emotions. Hmm. You knew when he was mad, but you also knew when he was sad. And he wasn't afraid to cry in front of people. And and that's kind of tough for some people. I think the perception uh, that maybe some people have of uh, jujitsu gyms or fighting gyms, whatever the case may be, is these are all just tough, gruff guys that you know don't have an education or looking to try to fight to make money to survive. And that's not necessarily the case. You have some of the highest intelligent people that are part of these, from medical doctors to engineers to uh, tradesmen. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but these are unique individuals because the journey of fighting or jujitsu in these gyms, it changes you as an individual in a great way. Yeah. And Reese would create that environment to where you could feel comfortable going there comfortable failing, um, being excited about succeeding. Yeah. And very similar to the fights we just spoke about, people would come out in droves to support our fighters, support um, individuals competing in jiu-jitsu tournaments, kickboxing tournaments. It didn't matter. It's, uh, yeah, I, I didn't know. I hadn't heard you talk about that side of him, but I think 
to me, one of the most important parts of being a man is the ability to manage your emotions. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's pretty opposite of healthy manhood to always compartmentalize. And I do my share of that. But being able to manage it and not hurt people with it is a is such an important thing for us to teach our sons and to learn how to do. So that's awesome. That's cool. Definitely. And he fought. He was he was a cage. He fighter, was. Right? He was a heavyweight cage fighter. Yes. <laughs> um, he had an opportunity, I, I believe, um, his last fight to possibly get an opportunity in the UFC, and that's wow. what he always wanted to do. And his nickname was Old Man. Old Man Reese. Um, because he was older. Yeah. Uh, he was one year. Uh, older than myself, and he went up against Tim Bosch, and it happened here locally. And Tim Bosch was hoping to get back into the UFC as well. And Tim Bosch ended up winning the match, hmm. and um, that was the first time I believe that uh, I saw Reese in the back room crying. Really, and it was pretty emotional. Yeah, uh, he was completely devastated. Of course, he put in so much work, so much time. He didn't want to lose, he, you know, of course. And, um, but all I could say to him, and I, I'm not like an inspirational speaker by any means, but it, he meant so much. I just told him, I said, Reese, you know, your, your legacy isn't built um, winning or losing this fight. I said, the impact that you've made on my family alone and all the other individuals in the academy, that's truly your legacy. Yeah. And, um, and I meant it. Tim Bosch ended up staying in the UFC for quite some time. I think just recently was released. Mm-hmm. But that's a long time that he stayed in there. Yeah. And so it's nothing to be disappointed about. Um, he won a lot of tough fights, and he lost some. And that's it. But you know what? Life's like that, too. What was so. his uh, What was his, his go-to submission? The one I know just grappling for sure. He loved doing the north-south choke, and he was just so strong. And once he had your neck and he started going uh, to north-south position, it was almost impossible to get out of. And he was a big guy? He was a big guy, yeah, yeah. So big and tough. strong. I Absolutely. remember trying to do that choke, and I emphasize the word trying, and I heard your – I was trying to do that at open mat one time, and I heard your voice from across the gym go – Hey, uh, Tyler, what are you trying to do? Because <laughs> I was clearly doing it wrong. They sure. got out of it. <laughs> That's okay. So he was a north-south guy. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Hey, he had a lot of different submissions, but I always just remember him. Once he got into the north-south position, it was almost a done deal. Yeah. So, yep. <laughs> well, yeah, because you, you probably couldn't roll him over real easy from that. Not spot. at all. Yeah. Not at all. All right. So what, how's the story go? The story from... Uh, from Waukesha. Waukesha to, okay. So... Uh, a little over five years ago, unfortunately, I received a call. Uh, it was a Saturday morning uh, from uh, Dave, who is our head black belt at our academy. You know, we've been friends for 14 years. He called me and said, uh, I got some bad news. Uh, Reese passed away hmm. last night, and he was in a motorcycle accident. I believe he was leaving East Troy and hit a tree. Hmm. And to show you how much of a fighter he was, I believe it was – eight to 10 hours, I don't know, maybe even longer before he actually passed. He wow. just kept fighting wow. to the end, um, which is kind of a testimony to how he really was. You know, he would never give up. So, of course, it was completely devastating yeah. for everybody involved. And um, I think with that uncertainty, you, you know, you you don't really think about training necessarily. You're thinking about Reese and, yeah. and thinking about his wife, Mary at the time and just all the different things that surround that. Um, it was amazing when we went to the funeral and it was in Waukesha. Uh, there must've been close to two, 3000 people there. Wow. It was unbelievable. And just from family and friends to people he's inspired or had, had some, portion of um, impact in their lives to professional fighters, amateur fighters that came in to be part of that event, it, it was a great testimony to the type of person he was and how many people he impacted in mm-hmm. his life. Um, you know, we kind of, to make a little light of it, you know, we'd kind of joke and say, boy, if a guy ever came in like an active shooter or something, this would be like the, <laughs> the worst spot place. to choose. <laughs> you know, because there's just so many experienced yeah. fighters that were there. <laughs> it would have just been bad news. Yeah. So 
but it was just really a great testimony to to who Reese was. Yeah. Uh, Reese would always put himself aside to help any individual. He literally would give you the shirt off his back. I would see him stop class sometimes and get up and, and go to the front door if someone came in that um, visibly had uh, disability or anything like that, and he'd go up and shake their hand mm-hmm. and have them sit down and just watch class. It was just so engaging all the time to individuals that when he spoke to you, you could honestly tell he was sincere about speaking to you, not mm-hmm. just because it was uh, normal protocol. Yeah, He really cared about you, cared about your family. He would call you if he didn't see you for a couple of days, and he always had a monotone voice and couldn't hear very well. He'd be like, hey, Dan, uh, how you doing? <laughs> when are you coming back? Yeah. You know? And I'd be up in like a tree stand hunting or something. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll come in tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> But he was just that type of person, yeah. so very impactful in our lives and, yeah. and so many others. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Yeah. yeah, I know from, like I said, when you talk about him at the gym or whatever, because that's, to me, that's always a highlight moment of our classes at Open Guard is when we'll be training and you'll be teaching technique and then you'll stop and you'll share a story about Reese. Mm-hmm. And I go, okay, there's something, uh, I, I know I'm going to sound real crunchy here, but like you just kind of feel the vibration in that moment. Um you just go, there's something more happening here. There's some, there's something more meaningful, uh, in that moment. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm glad, and I'm glad you were willing to share the story because I like having those things on record because it's inspiring. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, we all want to be original, but there's a ton of value in just copying people that did good things. And so when I hear a story like that, I'm inspired to stop and really talk to somebody the way that you said he would, you know? Sure. So one thing led to another and that gym closed down. I mean, he owned, he operated it, right? Mm-hmm. How much time, so now a lot of people are displaced. You call it a family at that gym. A lot of people don't have a place to go now. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about the process from that closing down uh, through the grief and then the, uh, the moment you got the idea to open an academy. How much time sure. went by? It was kind of odd. Uh, actually, at the funeral, um, a friend of mine, uh, we were talking, and he's, he even asked at that time, he's like, you know, what's going to happen with the academy now? Yeah. And, I, and I said, honestly, I don't know. He goes, well, I think it's your responsibility to carry the torch. Yeah, And really? I thought, holy cow, I never even crossed my mind, to be honest with you. Um, I have no experience at all of teaching martial arts I have no experience um, running an academy and at the time I was in management for facilities Uh, my wife was a stay-at-home mom and we had our two boys you know I didn't think about ever even pursuing that to be honest with you so a little time of course had passed and a a good friend of mine uh, Matt Christensen and his wife and my wife and I sat down and said, you know, how can we kind of continue this? We didn't know necessarily where to start. Was we, was Waukesha MMA closed at that point? It was closed, yep. It was yeah. finally closed up. Um, so Matt, uh, as I mentioned, a good friend of mine, we, we started just training a little bit in his shed. Yeah. You know, he got some mats up there. and I, You I got pictures some, of that at the gym? We do. Yes, we do. Hanging on the wall, we have like a little remembrance wall of sure. Reese, yeah. and it has photos of that shed. When Reese would go there, uh, my friend Matt um, had a physical challenge a while back, so he, he couldn't come out and train as much. So we went out there one day and trained with him and took a picture, and that's one of them that's on sure. the wall that's cool. by us. So I think Matt and I, we, we spoke for quite a while uh, and just tossed around some ideas of what we could do. And decided, you know what? Let's uh, let's train in the shed, and if we can find a spot, maybe we'll lease it or rent it, and just get some mats and just kind of continue on. So people, everybody was displaced as, right. at this point. That's you know? the word. So uh, one thing led to another. One day I was at work. I came across a, a listing that was in Oconomowoc. It was above Cornerstone uh, Pub and Grill downtown, yep. and I thought, you know what? Uh, being from Dousman, you know, it's kind of an easy commute um, for a lot of people. They're coming from Waukesha, Watertown, whatever the case may be. Why don't, I, why don't we go check it out? And we did. We went up there, looked at it. It was a 5,000-square-foot uh, area, 
very big, um, wasn't heated well, you know, it needed some cosmetic work for sure. And, uh, I told Matt, I said, I tell you what, I, you help on the, the, the business end of getting the LLC together, the insurance aspect, you know, all the admin stuff that is needed. And, uh, you and your wife take care of that. Lori and I'll take care of the build out and, uh, the building stuff, which I had a little more, you know, familiarity right. with. And we agreed upon it, kind of met halfway um, financially and workload, and uh, opened up Open Guard Jiu-Jitsu. Up on the third floor? Third floor. Dude, I remember when I first moved to Oconomowoc in December 2019. I'd been there for like a week, and I'm driving home. That's right on my way home. And I look up, and I go, Brazilian (laughs) Jiu-Jitsu. Like, you see, like, Taekwondo and all these places Mm -hmm. all over the place, but I saw that, and I was like, I gotta go. I gotta do that. And that was 2019. Didn't show up till. (laughs) Like a year later, but (laughs) wow, man. So you open up, and Mm -hmm. so now a lot of the people from Waukesha MMA come out? Uh, A good portion of them, yes. Uh, I think what showed um, the uniqueness of of Waukesha Mixed Martial Arts is when we talked about opening the academy, a lot of individuals came forward right away and said, hey, if you need help teaching or um, I got gear you can use, Um, we have posters, different things around from different fight venues, um, that people just started bringing medals, things like that. Uh, so we started outfitting the place and started classes. Yep. uh, Five years ago now. um, I remember walking up those stairs one time when you were closed and I just like looked through, I was like, Oh gosh, I gotta go in there. It's awesome. All right, we're good. So, okay. So you moved in a third floor, which is not where you're at now. Correct. So you're there for four years and it's, and you outgrew it, or you just had some foresight? Because you've seen mm-hmm. some growth recently, it seems, yes. since I've showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I didn't have anything to do with it. I mean, we don't really know. It could be me. You know what I mean? I don't know. But <laughs> so, No, no you're, you're right. <laughs> no, I'm joking. So, um, But it seems like you guys changed locations, and once there was more space people came and filled that space. Mm-hmm. So what you're there for four years, and then now where's the gym at? The gym's located at uh, 132 South Concord Road yeah. in Oconomowoc. Even closer to my house now. Even closer, yeah. yep. And that was the reason why we moved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to be really clear about the joke I just made. It's a- I'm totally joking. It's absolutely untrue. I, I have very little to offer, <laughs> except for a neck for someone to squeeze. Yep, hey, and that's good enough right now. <laughs> Everybody has something to offer. Yeah. No, I, I think what drove that decision was uh, we were starting to grow, um, and Cornerstone came to a point where they, they bought the building completely, yeah. and they wanted to do some renovations and expansion, so it, it really was perfect timing. They had talked about it, and we still had some time left on our lease, uh, but one day we were driving past this particular building that we're in now, and I saw it for sale, and I thought, oh, it's at least worth looking into. Uh, what was fascinating about it was, you know, it's it's built like a bunker. I mean, the, the walls are so solid. Yeah. Um, it had adequate space for us, had parking for almost 50 stalls, yep. which is huge. You know, Conomoc parking is really a hot commodity. Yeah. So we went and took a look at it, and right away I just figured, you know what, this is a place that we're going to go. Yeah. And we worked out the details to purchase the building. Uh, talked to the owners of Cornerstone at the time and told them kind of our thoughts. They said, you know what, we'll shorten your lease because we really want to get up there and start renovating anyway. So it was really a win-win for both of us. And we made the transition then over to the location that we're at now. And we've been there, uh, yep, close to two years. Yeah, and you've done nothing but grow and add programs. And So let's talk about it. Let's talk, we got, you got adult jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Uh then a lot of this isn't going to make sense to my listeners that don't do jujitsu, but there's uh, so a gi is the, like the pajama looking thing that you see yep, people wearing. The uniform, yes. Yeah, and no gi means you're wearing basically shorts and a t-shirt. Correct. Right. Or compression shirt, rash sure, shirt. Sure. Right. It, yes. So you have adult classes for gi and no gi. Mm-hmm. You got two really really great kids programs, right? Yes. Advanced older kids, and then one that those older kids can go to, but then it's also for younger kids, like age right. four and up, right? Yes. 
And a homeschool group that we just homeschool started. Homeschool group yep. on they Mondays. Meet once a week on Mondays. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. I was homeschooled, not for different reasons than other people. Schools <laughs> schools told my parents, they're sure. like, hey, yeah, he keeps, how do you say, uh, doing drugs here? Yeah, if you could it. maybe keep him home. Sure. So I kept on getting expelled. <laughs> so I got expelled two times in, uh, in junior high. So then I was homeschooled for high school. And I remember gym class in homeschool was just like, hey, did you... Uh, did you walk down the street today? We'll count it. Like I would could have definitely <laughs> sure. used a jujitsu class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so you got a homeschool class, mm-hmm. uh, women's only classes, which Lori really heads up, right? Yes, correct. Yep, uh, Lori runs that program, but we have a great um, instructor that helps her on Thursday nights. That runs the Nogi program, and that's Rachel. Yep. Uh, Lori teaches the Gi program, which is Tuesday nights. We just made a change with our kids program so tuesday nights is gi for them thursday nights is no gi we do have the junior program as you mentioned on mondays uh, some of the older kids that are part of that junior program also train in the adult programs that we offer yeah which is on monday wednesday and saturdays uh, we have open mat on saturday as well for two hours which is always kind of unique because not only do our students come and grapple and train hitting the bags whatever the case may be we have other visitors from other academies which are uh, most of them are just real good friends yeah we all used to train together at waukesha or knew each other for you know last 14 years so it's just great camaraderie to get together and socialize grapple just just really catch up on a lot of things yeah and i don't i wouldn't I wouldn't trade the classes in the drilling. I wouldn't trade that because mm-hmm. I don't think you can have one without the other. But I'll say um, the open mat times is where, I, especially when you have that extended two hours on a Saturday where I could slow down and that's where I feel like I learn the most, mm-hmm. where I can really slow down and think what I'm about to do and put it to practice, it's huge learning sure. time for me. Now, outside of jiu-jitsu, what's Hapkido, right? We have Hapkido, yes. That was a program that um, Reese had at the gym. Uh, Dave Liana runs that program. And Reese was a black belt in Hapkido as well and some other disciplines. And it was something that was really true to his heart. And uh, when we opened uh, Open Guard, I asked Dave Liana if he wanted to come over and use some space and keep the program going. And he could, he's still the guy that does it. He's still the guy that does That's it. Awesome. Yeah. And then kickboxing. Kickboxing. Yep. Troy runs the kickboxing program. We do that on Tuesday and Thursday nights as well. Uh, it's more of a traditional Muay Thai kickboxing. It's also cardio based. You know, you get a good workout in. Kind of the old style of how we used to train at Waukesha. Um, you're gonna do some warm-ups, you're going to do some technique, yeah. possibly some sparring, yeah. uh, depending on you know your skill sets, and then you do some cardio at the end. Yeah. Well, I, I, you make it such a comfortable atmosphere for people, and I have this theory that we're all, re- as adults, we're all really playing pretend throughout our life. When I play guitar or drums, like I'm not a professional musician, I'm playing pretend, mm-hmm. and I'm picturing things in my mind when I play. And I think when you go to the gym, you and people don't want to admit this because it feels immature, but I go, if you're not in tune with the fact that you are pretending throughout your life in a really fun, using your imagination type way, you're not living right. You're not enjoying your life as much sure. as you could. And you get to go in with these kickboxing things. I spar sometimes on uh, Saturdays and just get punched in the face. Uh, and then jujitsu. <laughs> it's like you get to go in a few hours a week and pretend to be the fighters that you watch on Saturday night. Sure. And it's the best. It's just the best. So people can come in and try it, right? Yes. Yep. We offer a free week. Yeah. Come on in, try out as many classes as you want. And um, if you want a second free week, you just give a different email. You give a different <laughs> 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 Or change your identity. Yeah. But yeah, we, we really wanted to do that so someone can come in. We recognize the commitment that it takes, and you truly have yep. to enjoy doing it. Um, our goal isn't just to sell you on something, a bill of goods, really. We want you to come in and enjoy the atmosphere and be part of the family of Open Guard and and enjoy that journey with us. So we're not going to lock you into long-term contracts, mm-hmm. uh, do the different things that maybe some other places would do. That's just not our plan. We want you to come in, enjoy it. Um, you pay your membership monthly and train. Yeah. And, and just... Uh, 
you know, tell other people about it when you're excited. You know, that's the best word of uh, word of mouth advertising you could ask for. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate what you do. This has been a long time coming. I'm glad you came on the show. Thank you. Um, so open guard, openguardgym.com, right? Openguardgym.com, yes. And if uh, if that doesn't tell you enough, you can come and talk to me about it, and I will tell you all about the gym. Definitely. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Thanks for being on the show, Dan. Thanks, Tyler. You're the greatest. Uh, I appreciate it. All right, man. Okay, one more thing. So Open Guard has something coming up for women in April. Tell me about it. We do, yes. April 25th, uh, Role Model Camp is going to be coming to Open Guard. It starts at 10 a.m. It's open to all women. Just a great opportunity for women to come out, uh, question and answer type seminar. So there'll be self-defense? Self-defense, yes. Uh, some grappling, some techniques being taught, some giveaways. Uh, it's really an opportunity for women to be empowered in jiu-jitsu. And it's a great group of ladies that run the program. Uh, and they're willing to come out to open guard for yeah. a couple hours. How much does it cost? It's free. Totally free. Totally free. If someone's never done jiu-jitsu, if a woman has never done jiu-jitsu, is this a good place to start? Definitely. Um, you, you know, some of the things will be foreign to you, of course. But um, I think it's... It's very empowering to walk in and see a bunch of women that participate in this. Yeah. And it's a sometimes it's a great introduction to them to recognize you're, you're not alone. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of women that participate in jiu-jitsu and in this form of self-defense. So that being said, definitely invite your friends and bring them along. Get, you know, it's sometimes just giving them that opportunity, you never know. Like, like you said, you know, you saw our gym, you, you see a shirt, you yeah. get invited to one class, and then all of a sudden you're talking to a person five, ten years later, and they're still doing jujitsu. So yeah. you just got to open the door for individuals, and if it's something that truly is meant for them in their life at that time, it'll take place. Yeah, that's awesome. So here's yeah. the cheapskate life hack of, the, of, the, <laughs> of this episode. You go, if you're a woman, you go to the free seminar on the April 25th, yes. then you start your free seven-day trial on the 26th. You just got eight days, baby. You got it all figured out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you go to a hotel, when you see the maid's cart, grab a yep. handful of the soap. Yeah, yep. And shampoo. And sh <laughs> yeah, towels if available. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. All right, man. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.